Welcome to the Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. I'm your host Ian, and my co-host Jason will be joining me later on. For episode 3, our main topic is starting a new army. In addition to that, we'll have segments on hobby progress, games played, rules lawyering, and beyond the rim. In addition, if you haven't liked our Facebook page, go to facebook.com slash wrongsideofthemaelstrom. Our podcast is up on SoundCloud and iTunes, and our blog is on itoysoldiers.com. So sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. timeline of the episodes how they come out it's still probably been over a month since we've recorded yeah so uh i've done very little (laughs) (laughs) i have a feeling your time hasn't been spent with 40k too much over the last month no we'll get to that uh beyond the rim but uh i did buy the other two harlequin characters so the shadow seer and the death jester got them built and primed yeah that's awesome man you can run the formation with just the three of them yeah so they all the hero's path so it's like they all have to stay separate, but then they've got Shrouded and Stealth, so... And for anyone that doesn't know Harlequin, because they are pretty new still. Yeah, oh to, yeah. To the universe, right? I mean, coming, mm. coming... I think right when I was coming back to 40k is when, like, the Harlequins got their Codex. They, they are not new to the universe, but the their Codex is very new. Okay. Like, they've been in the Eldar Codex for oh, a long okay, time. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But now they're actually getting, like, a specific Codex of themselves. Yeah, you can run a whole Harlequin. Yeah, exactly. You might have been able to back in second, I don't know, but... Mm-hmm. Um, They're not but, new. But for anybody for sure. that, that doesn't know anything about Harlequin, yeah. you want to talk about the three characters? I think that's pretty interesting because I love that formation because each yeah, character sure. is pretty different. So the Harlequins are kind of like a mystery to the Eldar. They go both with the Craft World Society, which are like the good guys, and the Dark Eldar in the webway and stuff. And they kind of, this weird um, cast of players, sort of a uh, traveling troop of uh, actors and stuff and they put on performances depicting the fall of the Eldar and stuff like that and uh, the way the Harlequin army is built is very different because they don't have any HQs so you have to run them with a specific formation because you can't run them as a combined arms detachment you can't run them as an allied detachment you have to take one of their detachments Mm -hmm. and the cheapest one is the Hero's Path and it's just the three models. Now, it's not much cheaper than one of the other ones. With oh, the, how many points is it? Well, I mean money-wise. Oh, money-wise, uh, okay. Points-wise, I think it's about 245 base. Which isn't too bad for the three models because they're all really good. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the other, the next closest one is like a Shadow Seer, a Death Jester, and then a Troop. Mm-hmm. So, my friend, my buddy uh, Sizzly on the forums got that. But uh, I just ran the Solitaire because he's mm-hmm. badass. So anyway, Solitaire is like, he plays Slanesh mm-hmm. in the fall, and he's just this blur that runs into a unit in close combat and just destroys them. Yeah, very, very close combat. He's fast too, very fast. Too. He moves 12 inches, and yeah. then he has fleet and he assaults, and he's got a special ability where he can blitz, so he rolls number of d6, moves that way, charges, and then his attack characteristic, which is already 6, goes up to 10. Mm-hmm. So he can hold like 12 attacks that turn. Yeah, and the other two characters? 
uh, Shadowseer, which is a Psyker that has access to the uh, Harlequin specific discipline. He's also the Shadowseer. Also, is like a really good stave. That's it's also staff. a nice addition to a Dark Elder army. Yeah, because we don't make Psyker. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, and then the Death Jester's got this modified uh, Shrieker cannon called a Shrieker cannon, and that's pretty good. Like mm-hmm. it just it like it'll hit someone and blow them up, mm-hmm. and then you get a blast template where that model died. That's pretty sick. Yeah. And uh, the Shadow Seer and the Death Jester are only 60, about 60 points each, and then the Salter is about 145. So yeah, uh, paint those up. Uh, I finished one of my Ravagers. Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to... I didn't magnetize that one, but I might do the next one, so that's why I've held off. Yeah, yeah. you have any magnetized though, other than the one that you bought, I think. Uh, I have one or two magnetized models. Did you, did you magnetize yourself, or...? Yeah. Yeah, you did? Okay, yeah, so. I magnetized... Um, my Shadow Sword is magnetized. And it can do any of the Shadow Sword variants. It can't do any of the Baneblade ones. And uh, one of my Dreadnoughts is an arm that's mm-hmm. magnetizing. That might be it, though. Yeah, I think the, yeah. I think it'd be a good idea to magnetize the Ravager, man. Because mm. both options are so different. Yeah, like the Dark Lances are really good. The Disintegrators are also really good. But I'm I the one I built is Disintegrators, because mm-hmm. I think I'm always going to run that. So I traditionally yeah. ran them. But I don't have enough um, uh, anti-tank in my army. Uh... Put a little more paint in my scourges, but they're still very far from being started. Yeah, you're working at that today at Games Workshop. Yeah, yeah, because I couldn't get a game in, so I was just trying to finish the base coat, and mm-hmm. I didn't finish the base coat. Uh, I'm pretty much done buying though for the rest of the year until 2016. Um, so I'm gonna try. <laughs> well, I'm gonna try and get some shit painted, and then there's some other like gaming purchases I wanted. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to budget my gaming mm-hmm. to a certain amount. And you of also have a lot of 40k man, so yeah, I got a shit ton of like, paint, so. Uh, in the new year, I'm going to look at allies, though. I, I think it's come to the point where, like, I can't deal with Dark Angels, Ravenwing mm-hmm. stuff, like, so I need to ally in, for example, my Dark Eldar, I need to bring in some, uh, D-Scythes from Wraithguard. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It just to become more competitive, probably, if you want to take yeah, it that route. Well, it came down to, we're starting to wrap up the campaign in my club in Windsor, and... And what club is that? Um, Greater Table Warriors. Right on. Of Windsor, GW. Okay, you go to itoysoldiers.com and it's on there. Yeah. Um, so I was, I'm running this campaign, it's the second campaign I've run, and some of the stuff that people bring is like really competitive, yeah. which is, you know, fine if that's what the army they want to bring. It's not broken, it's not like three riptides, but like scatter bikes are really good. Yeah. You know, Raven Guard are really good, mm-hmm. and some armies just can't stand up to them, frankly. Yeah. So I was trying to think, like, well, what if I just say you can only take combined armed attachments, no yeah. formations? And then I'm like, well, Ravenguard, for example, I looked into it. Their crazy rerollable cover save is not a formation. Yeah. Like a regular Dark Angels army can get that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of came to the conclusions, like, if I want to play without getting my ass stomped, then I need to change the way I build my army. Yeah, yeah. And I can still play, like, casually and stuff, but, like, if I want... If I want to go in and know that I have a chance of winning, yeah. I need to change how yeah. I Yeah, I guess that's just so. with the additions changing over time. Yeah, exactly. The style of gameplay, right? Yeah, so I'm going to look into gang allies for both my Blood Angels and my Dark Elder, but that won't be till the new year. Cool. And uh, I got some transport from my army. I'm working on a good solution to that, uh, so, I'm, so I'm not balancing like six boxes I bought in the store. Yeah. So... Uh, that's about it for me. What about you? Go ahead. Uh, I've actually, I've gotten a fair amount done. Not as much as I wanted to since we last, uh... Helped a lot like, more than me. <laughs> yeah, well, so much of my army is still unpainted, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, and obviously, as I've said before, like, it takes a lot of time painting. Yeah. Maybe too much time. But, um, 
I finished uh, the Squadron of Fire Warriors, so they're all 100% complete. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure the last time we talked how much I had done on my Ethereal. I think maybe I had gotten, like, three quick colors on it just to make it, like, kind it of... It was definitely really. base-coded. Like, every color was on him, but... Yeah, but I hadn't gone into highlights. But no, yeah. now he is 100% complete. Um, yeah. Everything's done. I think it looks pretty good. Oh, I think so, too. He's really good, man. Yeah, and like I said before, I did that, like, because if you know, like, he's the classic um, Tau Ethereal with the two equalizers, I think it's called. Um, and then yeah, he has... Two batons, that, really. Two batons. Well, he, if he actually takes the two close combat weapons, he ends up having five attacks on the charge, I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Didn't um, know that. A little more respect for the blue guy. Yeah. But, I mean, I take him no weapons. That's not how I use him. Mm-hmm. But, uh... He has that, like, kind of gold chest plate thing. I decided not to go with the gold chest plate and kind of make it, like, a shoulder garment. Yeah, yeah. So his whole, like, abdomen is all blue like still. Bear. And it yeah. really gives that, like, feel of a six... Like, you look at him and you go, okay, that guy has no armor. That's a six-plus armor save yeah. that he has, right? Um, I started working on my Commander Crisis suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just painting it because I kind of finished my Fire Warriors and I wanted to move on to something yeah. else. And I was running... Uh, like, consistently every single game, commander, uh, like, buff commander with a unit of marker drones to get, mm-hmm. like, two-plus re-rollable marker lights. It's, it's like guaranteed. guaranteed yeah. It's, like, guaranteed however big you make the marker drone squadron, you're going to get that many marker drones on... Like you're going to get that many marker lights on, like, a unit. A target, yeah. Um, but I realized it was taking up, like, 300 points. Uh, yeah. Which is, like, a massive amount of points to spend unless you're going up against, like... An army that you know you're facing like titans and stuff like that. Well, where it's like I need that many marker lights so I can put all my firepower on this one unit and destroy it. Well, you're also playing a thousand points primarily, so that's yeah, just because of the size of my army right yeah. now. Yeah, so I stopped doing that. So I'm painting him, but I'm I don't think he's gonna be used as much because I don't run a lot of crisis suits to begin with. Yeah, I think there's so many better options. Well, because I don't run I don't run farsight either. So yeah, you, well, you're kind of focusing your army to make this really good thousand point list and I can see you bringing them back in when you move it up to like eventually especially if there is a new codex coming out um, yeah exactly. I don't know when this release by the time this releases it might already be out but it's like maybe two weeks away from being released yeah um, well, some of the models are already out so yeah, yeah well they just released the storm surge today actually um yeah I also I finished the marker drone unit 100 percent yeah or well marker drone gun drones it's a conversion that I've done we should put photos up on Facebook well, you should take some photos. Yeah, I should, yeah. Um, and then I actually just got... Uh, I didn't have a Cadre Fireblade before. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know why I didn't have it. He's, like, super, super cheap. I think, like, like 65 or 85 points or something A lot like of people that. don't Less like, than that. like any overlook per- him. Yeah, they overlook him because he's, just, like, they're, when you have the Commander and when you have the Ethereal, you don't really think about it. But mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of, like, veteran Tau players are like, oh, this guy's a fucking idiot right now. Which I am. I'm still a huge noob. Um... This guy's crazy, man. Today I had him with a squadron of 12 fire warriors with an ethereal spy giving him an extra shot. They had, like, fucking 40 or what would it be, 48 shots Yeah. within 15 inches. That's fucking crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, wiping out, like, whole units of space marines. Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, on Overwatch. On Overwatch, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so how, do you want to transition in games played, then? Or is there anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, sure. No, no. I think just, like, painting goals, man. I want to finish. Oh, yeah. I I am in, like, a kind of, like, a two-month league right now that just started. Mm -hmm. And there are, like, points for, like, the the more that you paint. Yeah. Like, the completion of your army during the tournament. So I want to paint as much as I can to kind of maybe get that. Yeah, I think my goal 
it's not really painting, but I need to get the uh, next campaign on the roll. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm looking at a map-based campaign, something I haven't done before, free-for-all instead of teams. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what rules I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make the map. I've looked into a couple of options. I'll talk about one of those and be on the rim. I have so a hobby goal for you. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> this is my hobby goal. By the time we do the next episode, you have to have one unit of your Dark Eldar 100% based as well. Oh, Jesus. Like, just based? Can I, like, take a model that's not painted? No, nope, no. Nope. Oh, God. So one of your units has to be 100% done, highlights everything, and has to be based. Does a character count as a unit? <laughs> no, but your Archon with the Incubi will count as a unit. Well, I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll, uh... Okay, I'll try and do that. I'll try and get my Incubi and Archon done and based. Sick. What about their transport? No, no, that's okay. Wait, the transport's painted. <laughs> okay, talking about? <laughs> it's just not base, so yeah. maybe I'll base the transport. Okay, alright. Challenge accepted. There you go, sick. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I'm, um, I made up rules for an X-Wing campaign, so yeah. we'll talk about them beyond the rim just briefly, but Sick, I, yeah. I also made, I sent you a picture, I'll post it on Facebook, mm -hmm. of this like a system map, or like a, a, like sector a campaign map. map kind of, yeah, yeah it's, well. a, it's a hex map that like I kind of just threw together, it's not painted yet, but mm -hmm. I could use something similar in 40k, or I, I could use that in 40k, in 40K frankly, it's just but, planets in the system, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's go into games played then, I guess. All right, go ahead. Um, yeah, okay. So, uh, the first game I played was a few weeks ago. Um, I played against, uh, at Young and Lawrence. Both of the games that I've played recently were at Young and Lawrence. Um, the games the workshop. The games workshop, yeah, Young and Lawrence, yeah. Um, and I played against a guy named Jason. Uh, he played Dark Eldar, that game. I think he has a few other armies as well. But we played Dark, he played Dark Eldar. I was playing my Tau. Um, he played Dark Eldar really, really well, man. It was, like, almost everything... What, what are you trying to say? No, 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 I'm just saying, like, it was not... <laughs> really, really well is the wrong way to say it, maybe. He played it completely different from the way you played it. Yeah. Like, you play a very in-your-face Dark Eldar. Mm -hmm. He had, like, almost everything in transports and just sat back and outshot my yeah. Tau. And I was, oh, man, because Dark Eldar are amazing at shooting, man. Mm -hmm. Very good at shooting. And, uh, yeah, just started picking me apart from, like, far away. Yeah. And, uh... I was also kind of too afraid to break my line because yeah. of the type of Dark Eldar that I've played against, which is mainly you. So, which is like, okay, if I break my line and start going forward, he's going to assault me. If you get lost in the woods with my army, you'll die. Yeah. Um, so I tried to stay together, but then Jason just, like, stayed back and just, like, continually took pot shots at me for, like, three turns. Yeah. Whittled me down, and then once that, like, fourth turn came in, and it was, he had Feel No Pain... And Furious Charge. Yep. He just came in and wrecked house. Nice. And, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he just took it to me. <laughs> uh, no, it was a good experience. It was awesome to, to play a different style of Dark LR. Um, and then the next game that I had. That was today, right? Today, yeah. yeah. Um, so at Games Workshop Young and Lawrence, uh, they've started a new league called Echelons. So if you're in the greater Toronto area and you can make it down to Young and Lawrence, I don't know if we'll it's probably too late to join at this point, but mm, people uh, are playing today. So. Yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah, I mean, you, we'll, we'll you, see in a few weeks how. Uh, if you're well, this podcast. Yeah, no, it's too late by the time. We no, maybe this. not. You never know. It's worth giving them a shout to just yeah, to see if you can jump into it because it, it is a cool concept. You can go on the Facebook page and uh, message them to find out. How yeah, and you can see all the tournament rules in Echelon. But basically, kind of the the short form of it is: this thousand point games. Um, no single name, so no unit of like unit type of a single name. Yeah can be over 300 points. So, so you, you couldn't take two Riptides. 
right? You could take, you know, um, as many troop choices as you wanted of the same name, so long as their sum doesn't go over uh, 300. You so a guy that I'm going to be playing against, he's playing Tyranids, he has 60 Termagants, I think it is, on his list, mm-hmm. but that total of Termagants isn't over 300 points. Yeah, so you can take as many scout units as you want, as long as your total scouts are less than 300. Exactly, yeah. If you're playing Space Marines, yeah. for example. Um, so that, that stops uh, people from bringing, like you said, big units like a Riptide that's yeah. over 200 points. You can only take one of those. A lot of those like unbound armies where it's just you're spamming certain things. Well, it has to be Battleforge, though. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. it has to be Battleforge, yeah. My means spam in combined arms. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not hard. Um, and a thousand points, where you're not getting more than two or three of something anyways. Yeah. And you have to make your list ahead of time before you play your opponents. So mm-hmm. you kind of get like grouped up together, and then you have to make a list for that group, and then you have yep. to play both the armies in that group, and then you get regrouped so you can redo your army. But you have to keep that for the next two games, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, you're in like a pod is what they're calling it. And yeah. The pods like, get reorganized depending on Every two weeks, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so today I had my first game uh, against uh, Samuel, and he was playing Chaos Space Marines, Nurgle. Yeah, I everything had Mark Nurgle. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I ended up winning that game. I was really yeah, surprised. No, you did good. Going in, I was uh, a little worried entering a league, still being pretty new, and yeah. like a lot of the talents I've been running haven't worked out so well. No. And I kind of knew we were, I knew we were playing Maelstrom of War, so I made this list a bit more mobile. I had a Piranha, like Bare Bones Piranha with, uh, okay, I shouldn't say Bare Bones Piranha, but like Burst Cannon Piranha, Gun Drones with Sensor Spines and Destruction Pods. And his sole purpose was whatever objective I, like he's not going to be shooting at all mm-hmm. unless he has the opportunity to, but most likely he's, he's not, not there to shoot. shoot. He's not there to shoot. If I draw an objective that's on the other side of the map, he can fly across the map and get to it. He's yeah. always going to be jinking if he can, all that stuff. Yeah. And man, that probably got me five or six points in the game. Yeah. Um, no, it's a good call. Yeah, man. Uh, I think I won fourteen to four. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. And yeah. Sam is like awesome competitor. Tons of fun to play with. Yeah, he was cool. He has really good knowledge too of the game and like of like all the different armies and everything. Fun guy to play with, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, the way I find, if you want a good list, you just keep playing and yeah. you you try learn the list. You yeah. try and yeah. learn from your mistakes. Like, yeah. okay, this unit didn't work out, or maybe I'll try this unit with something else mm-hmm. in combination. Mm-hmm. You keep mixing it up, but you can't... You mix it up in small doses, I find. Like, if you drastically change your list, mm-hmm. then you're not really learning from your mistakes. You're just wiping the table and yeah. throwing something else on, then wiping the table. So, like, you gotta build and, like, tweak, mm-hmm. but be constantly, like, critiquing it. I also learned, like, in this game that... Because I run, um, just with the models that I have, basically, the type of list that I have going yeah. right now, I run a unit of six Pathfinders, um, and then I run a unit of four Pathfinders with one leader, with one of Sh- Shazui, mm-hmm. like a captain. Sergeant, yeah. Sergeant. And f- uh, three rail rifles. Mm-hmm. And I keep that as a four-man unit. And a lot of people that haven't played Tau before, they're just like, oh, that's more Pathfinders. They don't think yeah. about it. But that's 30-inch rapid fire, strength six, AP one. Yeah. Like, if you throw that in your fire line, as soon as guys are coming in, because they have supporting fire... Right? Yeah. But not only that, but hitting on the on the advance as well. Yeah. Especially like six shots in fifteen inches, man. That's good. And so people that haven't played against Tau a fair amount or well, just don't know the codex very well, they don't think about that until and they don't even think about targeting it. Because it's just a four man unit. Yeah. yeah. Well like strength six AP one, that's 
that can hurt most monstrous creatures, mm-hmm. like most monstrous creatures yeah. of toughness six. I took out a rhino today with them. Yeah, it'll, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Light vehicles, especially with AP one, because mm-hmm. you can uh, explode it on the pen chart. Mm-hmm. So they're very versatile. Heavy troops like terminators, yeah. wounding on a two plus. Yeah. No, uh, no, no two up save. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's good. And the rapid fire get double tap if they're in close range. Mm-hmm. So I'm pumped about the segment because I'm obviously getting more games. The more games I'm getting in, the more I'm learning my army. Yeah, yeah. learning how to play it more properly, like the way that it needs to be played. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to get more games in, in echelons. Yeah. <laughs> so those those are your two. Those are your games. What about yours? So I got two games in. Uh, I played against. Uh, I'm not going. I'm going to use their forum names because I haven't got their permission yet. I'm yeah. probably fine. But I played a virus scan from my le- uh, from my club. Who plays Dark Angels and has completely converted his list to Ravenwing? <laughs> I got stomped. And hard. if you haven't listened to episode two, the one before this one, we the, played in a tournament where Dark Angels ran a pretty good formation that absolutely wrecked us. Yeah, and this was the same. It was a lot of, this it was was a a lot of Dark army. Angels bashing. And I'm not sure the, if you just got your comeuppets from bashing Dark Angels. Yeah, so apparently. Much. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, um, Lionel Johnson was not pleased with me bashing them and sent a virus scan to put me in my place. So, <laughs> um, we were playing 25, no, 2250 is how many points. So like a right big That's game. a big game, yeah. Yeah, and I just finished. I was playing with my uh, Harlequin formation. And, yeah, it just kind of a repeat. Like, I deployed. He managed to get first turn. He scouted. Second turn, he's in my face. Yeah. A lot of stuff died. Anytime I charge a unit, I, I do some damage, but then they just hit and run. Yeah. Take, get out of there. Um, what I'm kind of learning, what I might start doing is running units of uh, three jet bikes mm-hmm. and just have those rush in first to mm-hmm. take the overwatch. Yeah. Presumably he overwatches on the jet bikes. We'll talk more about them, rules lawyering. And just, I, like I said earlier, it's like I need to rethink about how I build an army. I yeah. can't be thinking last edition or previous editions yeah. like i need to build or how you've always enjoyed yeah no i need to build an army for seventh edition 40k yeah and i haven't been doing that and mm-hmm. i've been losing a lot and i've been getting grumpy and telling the dark <laughs> and to, not playing as much 40k <laughs> i don't know about that but yeah well, I, well well it's been a busy summer for me so yeah. uh i mean now it's october but uh yeah so that was my first game virus scan uh I mean, I kind of, I started coming back, but, like, it was one-sided the yeah. entire time. Like, I made a good account of myself, but mm-hmm. I wasn't pulling a victory out of yeah, that yeah. one. I was feeling really ill that day, too, so. Oh, I th- sorry, there was a third game, I just remembered. Oh, okay. yeah? Okay, so that game was on a club day, and the, my morning opponent uh, stood me up. I won't mention who it was, but he stood me up before and stood up several other members of the club. Mm-hmm. So next time I'm scheduled with him, I'm just going to post on the forums, I'm sorry me with someone else because I'm not showing up. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry if you're standing people up all the time. And I've heard from a friend of his that he just gets drunk, goes and hungover, and, or gets is too hungover to come in. Yeah. Well, I'm too hungover to go in most of the time, but I'm still there. So, <laughs> anyways, um, or maybe as some Club of ethics. Yeah. <laughs> Play hungover. Yeah. Or better yet, be drunk. Don't be drunk. I'm not sure what I ever play when I'm not hungover. <laughs> I don't know what days I'm not in. <laughs> don't have a problem. I don't go to meetings. <laughs> um, yeah, so my opponent didn't show up, and then there were two guys who were playing Horus Heresy. We ended up playing a three-way, I don't know what the hell is it called, they have a Forge World, like, close quarters combat. Um, oh, I know, Zone Mortals? Yeah, we played a Zone Mortals. So we just, 
like through the train together to make yeah, hallways and yeah, stuff yeah. and play a three-way zone mortality. Sick, like, that's awesome. I'd love to 500 play. or 1,000 points. Yeah. I was doing Dark Eldar. I was running the Harlequins again. So like just that was the first time I ran it. It was tons of fun. Yeah. Yeah, usually I'm pretty... Uh, I am not a fan of playing against Horus Heresy because I've had a lot of bad experiences. Yeah. Like 10 autocannon Devastator squads and like <laughs> fighting Horus with Dante like yeah. didn't end well for Dante. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I did take Horus out that game. By then, it was everything was too late. Uh, anyways, I, I don't think they're balanced towards each other. I don't yeah. think 40K is balanced towards 40K. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so what's the difference? Like I didn't include Horus Heresy in the last campaign, but now I'm just like, they, there is no excuse now. They yeah. might as well be allowed. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh, those two guys were really cool. One was playing Luna Wolves, the other was playing Bureau Fists, and I was running Dark Eldar. Sweet. Uh, then my third game was against uh, Zarin Canal, who traditionally plays a very deadly Tyranid army. Mm-hmm. This time he just started Space Marine Army. It was a smaller game, I want to say a what thousand points. Marines, like what chapter? Uh, he was running Ultramarine's chapter tactics. Mm-hmm. It, like His army was brand new, very little was played. Yeah, yeah, but he was just running Ultramarine. I think so, yeah. And he had units and Centurions and a Drop Pod. I think he had a Librarian. He had uh, Devastator Squads and Drop Pods, two Assault Squads. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, a Tactical Squad or two and Drop Pods as well. Yeah. So very much Drop Army. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think you know about these new Space Marine formations. Probably not. Okay, so... He's running, like, weird multiple formations that I've heard of but never seen on the table. Yeah. So the drop pods with the Devastators, the turn they come in, they count as having Relentless. So they can get out and shoot. <laughs> and they have, like, pinning on that turn that they come out and shoot. Like, so they're firing full ballistics, wow. with heavy weapons. Yeah. The turn they come in, right in your lines. And then... The assault squads can assault when they come yeah. in, the turn they deep strike in, and they're, I don't remember what the rule is. Be, uh, people who are listening probably know what I'm talking about if they've yeah. been following like, the release schedules and stuff. Um, so the, uh, the, they work together somehow, like you can't fire Overwatch against the assault squads if the Devastators fired at you, or something like mm-hmm. that, some bonus. And it was just deadly. So I screwed up. In deployment, because I split up my Dark Elder army. Um, I want to say this was a thousand points, but I don't think it might have been two thousand anyway, or 1850. Mm-hmm. I split up my army into two clumps, mm-hmm. which I don't know why I thought that would work, but like he essentially obliterated one of the yeah. halves of my army very quickly. Uh, I've been using my jet bikes really well, those have been working out quite well, so they right did a little bit of damage. But were you running them in squads of three there, or you know, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, I might have been, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I got tuned. I mean, my opponent is very good. Like I've never beat him. I've never come close to beating him. Oh, Usually, nice, nice yeah. little challenging match then. Oh yeah, like when he plays Tyranids, it's like my I, like I said to you earlier. My advice to you with Tyranids is don't panic. Yeah, because yeah. that's what I do, and then I'm like, oh my god, they're all big, yeah, yeah. and the little ones. How are there so <laughs> many? What's going? Oh god, they're flying up yeah, in the yeah. air. Yeah, my my next opponent that I'm the next game that I have scheduled is for like this coming Friday or Saturday, like mm-hmm. a week from now. Um, and it is against Tyranids. Yeah, just don't do what I do and panic, <laughs> freak out, and then like you shoot six different targets and nothing dies, yeah. and then they eat you. Right on. And that's a great second turn. 
That's not how long the game lasts. Come on. Um, I think we have some news to talk about, too. A little bit. So of you want to talk about the new talent. Yeah, man. Uh, so, it's, like, early October right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or, it's October, is what they're calling it. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, yeah, uh, my army, Tau, is getting, like, completely redone, man. Mm-hmm. New code. Well, I want to say completely redone, but... They're getting a new wave of Yeah. Um... They're getting new units, where last time they didn't get too many new units, but, like, a lot of units were updated. Mm-hmm. It's, like, new broadsides, new commander kit, new yeah. far side, uh, far time. And now, uh, yeah, so new far codex side. is coming out. Um, Storm Surge just got released today. Yeah, that monster Yeah, Lord beast. of War. A unit of three Lord of War. Well, probably a formation. Is it a unit? No, it's or a four? unit. It oh, could be the? three models. They're about 300 points each, so it's about 900 points. It's like a Death Star in there. Of three models. Or more like a trio of Death Stars. It's pretty cool. I've seen the model. The um, So basically how it works, if you don't know the rules, you have been keeping up on like the rumors and the releases. Um, it's a Titan. It's a gargantuan creature. It's a gargantuan creature. Yeah. How it works is the weapons that it has, it can decide in the movement phase to lay down its anchors. And its anchors right. are these like pegs that are actually movable. Mm-hmm. Well, it's movable if you don't glue them and like magnetize them. Yeah, yeah. Um, in behind its legs... Where you slide them down, they're like spice it, go into the ground, and you like really mounts out. Yeah, really mounts up. They're like the stalker for space marines, mm-hmm. that uh, anti-air tank. So if it does that in the movement phase, it can't move anymore until it pulls them back up. Okay. But it's allowed to fire all of its weapons twice. <laughs> and when you have a D weapon, firing a D weapon uh, twice in a turn. Um, and all against different targets, I'm assuming, because it's a gargantuan creature. Yeah. And, uh, from what I understand, yeah. But um, aside from the rules, I mean, that's dirty. I'm not buying one yet. My army's not at that point no. of like buying a Lord of War or like anything like that. Yeah, It's not the style of play that I normally go for. Um, so I'm holding out on that. But it still is. It's fucking... The model looks so sick, man. Um, uh, I'm not... Do you don't like it? it? I think that model is so representative of like Tau technology in that you have this giant... Gargantuan creature. Yeah. Where if you look at all the other gargantuan creatures in the game, a lot of them are like very technologically advanced. There's a guy in the suit fucking controlling it or whatever, or the creature itself, right? Okay. <clears throat> this has two guys in an open top piloting it. Yeah. Almost like a motorcycle. Where it almost looks like one guy is driving and one guy is controlling the guns. Like a motorcycle with like a sidecar. Yeah. It's it's like open top. It's like you have this awesome gargantuan creature, massive weapons, deep weapons, fucking huge missile launchers on the side and there's just two guys kind of like an open top walker it looks like a fucking ATA or ATST in Star yeah. Wars where it's like well it's tech- it has the technology but it, why would you go in that way yeah right? I, I am not saying it's a bad model mm-hmm. I think it's a very nice model I'm just it's not my favorite towel suit but like I like it's it doesn't have arms it just has two rocket packs yeah, yeah, where yeah. I like the it has that T-Rex look to it yeah <laughs> I think someone said that at the store today oh really or, well, someone mentioned a T-Rex masturbating, so I don't know if they were talking about that. <laughs> I just assumed they were. Well, now, now that's kind of making sense. <laughs> like, um, who knows? Maybe they were... So yeah, and then the yeah. release that's happening next week... Ghost Keel. ...is the Ghost Keel, which, I don't know, personally, I love this unit. I bought, uh, I pre-ordered two today. I mean, I have a squad. Yeah, you two. did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I opened that wallet 200 bucks later. <laughs> Canadian. Jesus. Um, yeah. So, that model, it's a monstrous creature, it has stealth, Yeah. but it also has two drones to come with it. Now, those drones, 
give stealth to the unit that it's with, or if the model in that unit has stealth, it confers to them plus one. Uh, it gets shrouded. shrouded. Oh. So it's a model that has, with the drones in the unit, stealth and shrouded. So you're getting yeah. four plus out in the open. Mm. Now any shots that are outside of 12 inches, it doubles its cover save. So that's four plus. So now it has two plus out in the open cover save. Yeah. If it's within 12, then it's just four plus cover. Yeah. Sorry, our listeners can't see me rolling my eyes. <laughs> um, now what's really cool about this unit, at least, is that it can take two different types of weapons, which almost do two different things completely. Yeah. It can take a fusion collider, which is 18 inches, strength 8, AP 1, assault 1, blast, melta. So it becomes like a tank hunter, right? And when you're able to put your guy right out in the open, it's a jetpack as well. Put your guy right out in the open, come with with, with, with a 2 plus cover save, mm-hmm. come in, yeah. lay down a melta blast, and then jetpack move away. Yeah. You're doing some damage. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Um, that can ignore cover these days. Yeah. Apparently not in my armies, but some people <laughs> tell me. Um, other it will armies. run into those problems. Yeah. But the same thing with like uh, with the Dark Angels, right, that you were having trouble with. Like, there are things that you, get rid yeah, of. Yeah, you just It ignores to, those rules completely. They just aren't in the Dark Yeah. Angels, um, but the way that I'm probably going to end up running these Ghost Keels is it has uh, an option to have a Cyclic Ion Raker, which okay. is a 24-inch range, um, Strength 7, AP 4, Assault 6. Oh. Yeah. And is that strength seven? Strength seven. Okay, so like a super auto cannon. And it um it also has twin linked flamers on it on it. Uh which on can the be switched shoulders, out on right? the shoulders, yeah, which can be switched out for like fusion blasters, I think, or uh burst cannons. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm probably gonna run them with the iron raker and the flamers. So two units to that, or you can overcharge it, uh so it has gets hot. It turns yeah. into a strength eight, AP four, heavy one, large blast. Um both just like true manglers yeah. not space marines but like well anything. the way you kill space marines is make them roll armor saves yeah so but if you're, wounding talking, like, if you're talking about like a horde's army yeah that can really like jump in there lay down like a unit of two or even three if you want to run three like lots of flames 18 so, yeah strength 7 AP 4 shots yeah. or three large blasts um and then jetpack move out of there I don't know yeah. that's and gonna be a sick unit and it's a monstrous creature so it's got a lot of special rules yeah too, so. so I can't wait to try that out maybe give a review on that yeah, yeah, well, um, yeah, and then also like uh, this one hasn't even been like officially released yet, or even like said that it was being released. But in the Storm Surge um, box, there's like the decal or whatever you want to call it. Decals, I call it decals, yeah, yeah. Um, or decals, whatever. Yeah, um, it shows like different units, and there's two new um, Crisis suit units. Yeah. Unless they're renaming one and adding a new one, um, there's also. There's going to be two types of Fire Warrior squads now. There's going to be a Strike Force, or a Strike Team, yep. which is the current uh, Fire Warrior mm-hmm. like kit, apparently. It's yeah. going to be renamed, reboxed, renamed. And then there's going to be another one called a Breacher Squad. And this unit's going to have shotguns with an 8-inch range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it should probably be Assault 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. And then on top of that, if you can give them like any type of drone... Yeah, so you can give them a pulse accelerator drone because it's a pulse shotgun. Oh, so you, give them, so you can and it adds um, six inches onto the range, mm. so you can turn it into like a fourteen inch shotgun. Yeah. So I can see people throwing these. Um, someone was giving the examples of at Games Workshop, like throw them in a unit, like in a devilfish, fly the devilfish up and turn it sideways, unmount them behind yeah. the devilfish, have them shoot because the devilfish doesn't block their line of fire. 
But then they'll be covered by the devil fish yeah. when someone shoots back at them. Yeah. I mean, presume, like at this point, close to the release, the rumor mill is pretty, gets pretty accurate. Yeah. So, and by the time this drops, the codex will probably be out. Probably. Everyone will probably know this already. Yeah. But it's it's exciting time to be a commie fish. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true, man. Very cool. Uh, well, I think maybe we'll move on to our rules learning, yeah? Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to Rob's Side of the Maelstrom. serious <laughs> so we are talking about overwatch as it relates to a multi-charge specifically two units charging one unit yeah um i think the reason why we chose this rule is because when we played that doubles tournament uh, like a month ago maybe last episode when last we played that episode, doubles yeah. tournament uh, we played doubles tournament. we ran into a situation where you had two units charging yeah so uh, against the ravenwing player i Declare to charge first with my witches and then with my NQB. And because the rule I had been told was that you can only overwatch against the first unit that charges. And uh, the guy said that wasn't true. We ended up, I, I think we ended up asking someone else like to clarify because we couldn't find explicitly set yeah. rules. And they said they sided with our opponents. So we, uh, we're digging deep into the Overwatch rules yet again. Yeah, I think we're digging deep into the Overwatch rules. I, we, th- I think I thought it was deep, and upon reading the rules, like just maybe a bit more finely. I mean, it is a thick rule book. To, yeah, you get a lot of rule mistakes, like when you play. Obviously, oh, well, every game there's yeah. gonna be something. Um, but actually, like really taking my time to read through like mm-hmm. how it's worded and everything, it seemed pretty basic once I looked through it. Are we digging deep, or have I just been playing too shallow? <laughs> yeah. That's the question. Yeah. Okay, so... Anyway, uh, long story short, what ended up happening is because the witches had an 11-inch charge, he said, well, I'm not going to shoot the witches, I'll mm-hmm. shoot the incubi. So it's, uh, let's uh, look at some rules. Um, I think we have to start with um, like the assault phase summary. So when you look at the charge subphase... Okay. How it's how an assault phase is supposed to be played out? It's page forty-four of the big rule book. Okay. Um, so first, you that you declare your charges individually. So you so in that situation, you would say, if you wanted to have your witches charge first, you would say, I am going to charge my witches at this unit. Then fully resolve that charge. Yes. And then with the oh, if he decides he wants to shoot Overwatch, yeah, he has to kind of think ahead. Are you going to assault with both units or not? Yeah, he I, doesn't know if you're going to because you haven't declared the second charge yeah. yet. Because you have to fully resolve that charge, um, charge subphase first. Mm-hmm. So you would say, "I'm charging my, with my witches." If he wanted to risk not shooting at the witches and shooting at the incubi instead, he can say, "I won't shoot Overwatch." Yeah, and you resolve the charge. Yeah. So um, okay, let's look at the assault phase summary. Chubs, Jesus. Charge subphase one declare charge two resolve overwatch three roll charge range four charge move five declare next charge or finish charge subphase. Mm-hmm. 
So you would start again. So you only declare, you don't, what I have done traditionally is declare all of my charges yeah. right at the beginning of the assault phase. And clearly I've been playing my hand way too soon. Mm-hmm. So uh, important rule quickly, page 45 under resolve overwatch. A unit being charged may only fire overwatch once per turn. Yep. Uh, I think there's a few rare exceptions. Long strike being long strike is allowed to fire Overwatch so long as he is not in combat. Yeah. So long strike can fire multiple Overwatches with supporting fire. Yes. And stuff. Yes. Um, so okay. let's look at your situation. Okay. So the witches would charge. The guy can decide to not shoot Overwatch because he didn't want to shoot at the witches. He wanted yeah. to shoot at the NQB. So I, I've already screwed up here. I've told him my incubator charge. Yes. So that bridge is... So he wanted to shoot at the incubator. Yeah. So he decided not to shoot at the witches. Now your witches resolve the charge. charge. Which was an 11-inch charge. So you ended up failing the charge. But if I had succeeded, this is the important part. Yeah. I would move the witches into combat. Mm-hmm. And as long as one model is in base combat with the enemy unit, they will become locked in combat. Page 47... If a unit has one or more models in base contact with an enemy model for any reason, then it is locked in combat. Units locked in combat cannot move, run, shoot, cannot fire overwatch if charged. Mm-hmm. So if that first unit makes it into combat, even if they knew the other unit was going to charge, yeah. whether they predicted that ahead of time, mm-hmm. or kind of saw your I, hand, or, or you said it. it, if that first unit makes it into combat and they don't shoot, they, they're not allowed to shoot. At that point, as soon as there's base-based contact, they're locked in combat. Yeah. They cannot make a shooting attack. They cannot make an Overwatch attack. Even though the combat hasn't been resolved yet. Yeah. You've, you go on to the next charge subphase, which would be... The next charge. The next yeah. unit assaulting them. And because that unit is now in base-based contact, they can't shoot. Yeah. So, as soon as, so you're taking a risk. Yeah. As soon as you're in base-based combat, you're locked in combat and you can't fire Overwatch. Yeah. So if you've decided not to fire Overwatch for whatever reason you've now lost your chance because you're locked in combat. Yeah. Um, and you're locked in combat until at the end of any phase, there's no models in base contact with an enemy model. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I think it seemed like like a really easy like uh, solution to the question. Yeah. But uh, I think it's something that probably goes missed in a lot of games and is confused. Well, I don't know. Like, I'm wondering now... If in previous editions you had to declare all your charges at once, maybe in sixth edition, yeah, I don't have one of the sixth ed rule book on me, mm-hmm. so but uh, maybe we'll look that up and mm-hmm. post it on Facebook when this drops. So, yeah, if first of all, if you're a combat oriented player like myself, don't tell your opponent what all your charges you're, you're planning, make them kind of guess it, yeah, and you don't have to, there's nowhere in the rules that say. Tell declare all your charges once. It's yeah. Specifically, you declare and resolve them one at a time. Yeah. So don't do that. <laughs> and then, if you're um, if you're a player who's worried about getting charged more than once, and you know your combat opponent is charging in with a unit to take the Overwatch, for example, jet bikes who can, as we learned last episode, jink in Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Throw them out first, man. Exactly. Um, you need to take. You need to balance that risk. How far is the charge distance? Are they going to make it in? Do they flee? What other factors involved? Etc. Etc. It adds so, a real um, poker hand to the game. I find. Yeah, that's something that isn't really in the game very much. Mm-hmm. Like oftentimes, you're able I, to really predict what your enemy is going to do. 
Yeah, and I, well, not only that, but I tend to talk my way through games. Like, I'll talk out loud about what I'm planning. And yeah. Generally, like, I don't play a lot of competitive play. It'll be a friendly game. My opponent will mm-hmm. say, like, well, I don't know if you want to do that because of this and this and one. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they're manipulating me. Who knows? But, like, <laughs> but I, I tend to think out loud. And I do the same with their opponents. Like, okay, well, if you come over here, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Unless I'm like, trying to bait them in a mistake then I'm just like stone face quiet like <laughs> come on come on do it do it yeah. do it just charge just say yes yeah. it's over now bitch <laughs> so yeah um, I think that's the rules Lori. yeah so yeah rules is written and rules is intended exact same mm. you just gotta really read them make sure you're not going too fast yeah it's well this is the thing there could be little changes when the edition shifts mm-hmm. but like you don't notice them it's just like oh it's combat it still seems the same yeah. yeah exactly and it's like little Little uh, minutia mm-hmm. in the rules can really change how the game works. So, right on, man. I think we'll uh, take another short break and come back with our main topic for today, yeah. which is starting a new army. All right, see you soon. Okay, guys, we're back, and uh, we're going to start talking about our main topic for today's podcast, which is starting a new army. Um, I guess this is kind of whether you're getting into the game and starting a new army, Mm -hmm. or whether you're just kind of, you have your main army, and you want to start up a new one. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, the first thing you need to do is choose which army you want to start. Obviously. (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to say that, but yes, obviously, Jason. (laughs) But it's not so obvious, because there's many things you must consider. That's true, that's true. So we broke it down into uh, two levels, I guess, of choosing. Mm-hmm. First, preference, and then feasibility. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at the army, you want to look at the range of the models. Yeah. Uh, do you like the models? Are they something you want to paint? Do you have a paint scheme mind? Is there a large selection? Um, also, your play style. This is probably one of the biggest things. That's true. If you're not, like, I don't know. I've never played a lot of close combat armies. You used to play Black Templar, so... Yeah, even back then, it was just, like, generic Space Marine rules. Yeah. Before, like, the Black Templar rules came out. That's true. And, uh... They, they did play close combat, but I've always been more of, like, a shooty army guy. Yeah. Um, if you have the, uh... Possibility of borrowing the army you want to play mm-hmm. and trying it out, that's probably the best. I think so, yeah. Uh, talking to people, play that army, how it plays, doing some research online. I know I do a lot of research online when I think about starting, like, a new army. Yeah. I watch a lot of battle reports. Yeah. I, uh, read a lot of, like, forums on, mm-hmm. on the army just to see if that is, like, the type that I want to play as. Yeah. So, personally, I prefer fast, close quarters armies, especially close combat. That's my favorite part of the game, and mm-hmm. I, like, I play Dark Elder and Blood Angels, and those as my two main armies, mm-hmm. They both emphasize that really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What What did you say your play style is, Jay? Uh, I like I like everything now. I mean, like right now, like I got into the Tau because I wanted to play a shooty army mm-hmm. coming back into the game. Um, so that fits it perfectly. However, like I also have like a small orc army because if I want to change up, I want to play a close combat army. Yeah, I'm gonna. So I have that option, right? I like having a mix of armies. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's nice to have a close combat one, and then it would be cool to have one that's going to be psychic, which we'll talk about is going to be the next army that I plan on starting. Yeah. Which is a Grey Knight's army. Um, it's nice to have an army that kind of... Different armies that can do everything. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, next thing you want to think about is what type of background is available to the army. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, what's the fluff, what's the backstory of the army, but how much opportunity there is to make your own mark. If that This might be something that just doesn't matter to you at all. Yeah, it depends on what type of player you are, right? Yeah, but um, some armies have much uh, much wider space to make your own mark. So, for example, Space Marines, there's innumerable chapters. All like, with different play styles. Yeah, so you can craft an army to your play style, you can mm-hmm. craft the background, the theme, the color scheme, mm-hmm. the uh, personality of your chapter. Mm-hmm. So definitely something you want to consider, where um, Tyranids, for example, less so. They're all sort of like part of the hive mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can with Tyranids, you can make your own hive fleet, you can make like, oh, this bu- particular bug has seen so many fights, he's known as the That's your own fluff of, kind of. Yeah, that, that's thing. what I'm saying. Yeah. You can make it your own fluff, but they don't have as much personality as yeah. other armies. You also have to look at like how competitive you are as a player. Like, yeah. It, I mean, uh, Chaos, I'm sure by, by the time it comes out, we're going to be getting closer, maybe, to the Chaos coming out. The That's Chaos the Space rumors, Marines, yeah. Chaos Space Marines getting the new Codex. But, like, right now, Chaos isn't a very competitive army. Yeah. So if that's the type of player that you are and you really want to play a lot of tournaments and a lot of competitive games, maybe yeah. you have to look at what are the power armies right now yeah, in the games. Sure. And sort of, yeah, it's well, it's a big consideration. It's mm-hmm. a competitive uh, hobby. Like, it's a... Um, what's the word? You're playing against someone. It's yeah. not a cooperative game. Yeah. So, if you are someone who winning is important, that's really important how good the army is. Mm-hmm. But if you don't really care, you like a challenge, then, you know, that's less important. So, you really like winning Eldar if you don't care anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's not, you know, or Dark Angels. Dark Angels. <laughs> um, last thing is sort of the model range that's available. So, if you get into Space Marines, they have the biggest model range. Um that you can get. So the possibilities are endless. If you get into Dark Eldar, for example, there's less so. Necrons. Yeah, Necrons, not a huge model range. Mm-hmm. Not that they're bad models, funny no, stretch, no, 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 no. but... Um, also, you want to consider Forge World, what kind of armies, or what kind of uh, model range they have available, or third parties. So, like, there's always Kickstarters going up, there's always alternatives. Mm-hmm. Like, I was looking at this... Um, I don't remember where it was from. If I find it, I'll post it on the Facebook. But like it was the Dark Eldar stuff, or stuff that I would use for Dark Eldar. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was like Dark Elf stuff, but it was like fantasy and science fiction. Mm-hmm. So like you equip them with guns that's or cool. swords. So yeah, definitely some stuff. I've got some characters in mind that I want to use those for. So we talked about like um, so we're talking about like the preference, yeah. of how you like to play and how you would pick your army. But there's also like the feasibility, yeah, of building a new army. So. One easy way to do to start a new army is by bringing an allied detachment or a small formation. Mm-hmm. So, in, in this way, actually, I almost start just started my Harlequin army because I've got a small formation of mm-hmm. those, and eventually, I want to have a full Harlequin army mm-hmm. like years down the road. But it's an, it's pretty easy to get into a new army right now. Yeah, especially with Unbound. Like, if there's you one, can do how you can build however you want. Yeah, if there's yeah. one unit you want, you can run it with the rest of your collection. Yeah. Um. So, and also, if you already have some of those models as part of your collection, 
let's say you bought like a Sanctus Reach set to add to your Space Wolf army, you've got a small orc army. You can start on that. Yeah, yeah maybe they're still on the screw, yeah. but instead of selling them, you can just start an orc force. Yeah, you also have to look at um, your budget. Like, how much are you willing to spend on a new army? Obviously, some armies are more expensive than yeah. other ones, especially if you're going to build like a Forge World army or yeah, something like absolutely. that. Yeah, right? um, absolutely. But I, like, I don't know, I'm a big proponent of you set your budget, you can build like a small thousand or twelve fifty point army. Um, you can build it for a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. If you plan it out properly, you don't just start like buying whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna talk about the planning later, but <laughs> um think about your budget, how much you wanna spend. If it's a large horde army, if you wanna do like three thousand points of guard, that's gonna be pretty expensive. Yeah. yeah. If you wanna do a thousand points of like Grey Knights or Space Wolves, probably less expensive. Yeah. yeah. Um, also painting. So, um, what type of, what type of scheme you want to do, how difficult it is. Some armies are definitely easier to paint. Like, ne we mentioned Necrons earlier. Mm -hmm. like, well, not only that, I think that also goes into, like, when you talk about painting, that goes into the budget, too, that, I don't know, doesn't, you don't think about that right away, that, like, mm -hmm. if you're starting a new army and the paint scheme is completely different from the army that you currently have, and you don't have those paints, you have to buy all those paints. Yeah. And whether you're using, uh, uh, how do you pronounce it, Vallejo or Army Painter, or instead, of, instead of Citadel paints. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, th those paints are a little bit cheaper. Um, but still, you have to buy a whole new paint range, right? Yeah. So you have to consider those costs of and, and the size of Army. Are you painting a Granite's Army where you only have, you know, in 1,500 points, mm -hmm. 15 to 20 models? Yeah. Or are you painting a Horde's Army where you're, you're painting 100 orcs or something like that, Yeah, right? for 1,000 points yeah. or something. Yeah. So, definitely something to think about. Uh, if you're painting the same colors, like a similar color scheme, maybe you already have most of the paints you mm -hmm. need, but then do you want to continue painting red on so many guys? Like your, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all no, of your armies I, I need a, the red color scheme? Yeah, I've got two armies with red, yeah. and then I'm swearing off red for the next couple of armies. Although, corn right. is on the radar, so <laughs> like, I don't know how well that's going to go. Um, so thinking about how the d difficulty of a paint scheme on an army, some armies are easier to paint than others. Mm -hmm. uh, I was saying Necrons are very easy to paint. Uh, they can also be very challenging depending on the scheme you're doing, but mm -hmm. for a starter army, just silver and a black wash and they probably look fine on yeah, the table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also the size of the army. So a horde army is going to take you much longer to paint. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that kind of time or you don't want to make that sort of commitment, then maybe think, think about that before you before think you about a smaller army. Yeah. yeah. You also have to look at the availability of the type of army you're going to get, which I mean, if you have a games workshop in your area, you're usually able to get like yeah. every, every army. But if you're, if the town that you live in mm -hmm. is only a small town yeah. and you only have a local gaming store, I know some of them don't carry like a whole lot of stuff before yeah. I moved to Toronto, uh, my local store that carried uh, Warhammer, it didn't have a lot of units. Yeah. So it was hard to pick up Tau stuff at the very, very beginning. Yeah. Also, too, another consideration is how old is the codex? How likely is it to get redone? Mm -hmm. Like, is now... Like, now is not a good time to pick up the Tau codex in two weeks when the new ones are Good, yeah. Better idea. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So something to think about, like, when was the army last done for this... Um, yeah, when was the RP last done for this uh, range, yeah. this um, edition? Even with so, Chaos, like, it can't be kind of risky right now to think about starting a Chaos. Yeah, because they, to... well, they got... No, not that you can't start the new army 
and and like start purchasing models and wait for the new codex to come out. Well, but it's you never know what they're going to change. That's the thing. Yeah. So like my sixth edition Blood Angels army mm-hmm. ran thirty assault marines as troops. Then when the new codex came out, they were moved to fast attack. Mm-hmm. So I had to completely re. Well, I didn't. It wasn't too big of a deal because now I just run like ten scouts for two troop choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it was a major shift in how the army played, yeah, you know, yeah. or how the how you build a force, I yeah. should say. So that's something to consider. Like some a unit, like suddenly if cult troops for chaos, like horn berserkers, plague marines, they no longer can be taken as troops. Yeah, and you were building a specialty force that. That's going to make a huge difference yeah. in how you built the army. Yeah. Uh, kind of not really. With the current rules, you can still run unbound, run whatever you want, right? But, yeah, true. But if you are, if you do want to like combine arms attachment, yeah, um, objective secured and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, what we were saying yesterday was like, if you want to run a full Terminator force, like just run unbound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, there's no reason why you can't. Yeah. And you can probably find a um, formation that would make it battle-forged. Mm-hmm. So, after you kind of decide on, like, what army you're going to go for, yeah. um, you gotta start, like, as, this is how I think of it. You gotta start planning it out before you buy it. Oh, for sure. I mean, unless you got that, unless you got tons of cash and you don't really care about that. But yeah, but generally, um, what a lot of people say is build to a list. Yeah. So, like, come up with a list that you want to play and build towards that. Yeah, so, I don't know, this is how I normally do it. I... I, I agree with like supporting Games Workshop and supporting the businesses 100%, but normally before I um, purchase a codex and start building an army, I'll find the, the, I'll find the codex, codex or I'll borrow yeah. the codex um, for free, and I'll kind of read through it and get a good idea of like what type of army list I can build. Yeah. And then once I have that list built, I'll purchase the codex, start buying. Yeah. Right? But I always try and find that codex first. Yeah. And then start looking through it, start planning before I start building. Yeah, before I uh, built my Blood Angels, I had read the Blood Angels Codex cover to cover before yeah. I even bought it. Yeah. So um, definitely, you need to do a lot of research. You need, to, if you can, test stuff. If you have a yeah, if you can text, if you can text play, it, and if your opponents are cool with it, even proxying or whatever. Yeah, just like right? oh, here's my Dark Held Army, but I'm proxying them as Eldar. Yeah, I'm thinking of bringing those in yeah. just for a test. Don't do it a lot. I think there's nothing test. worse than like. Because normally your first buy is probably going to be like around 150 bucks. If yeah, that, and that's that's including that's like troops and then the codex on top of it or yeah. something like that. That's kind of a steep price to pay for something that you build and you put yeah. on the field and go, oh, this isn't really the army that I want to play. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, um, we, per- yeah. Personally, I like I watch a lot of battle reports too. Yeah. So right now I'm thinking about starting. Or not thinking. I've pretty much made the commitment now <laughs> to. Uh, Start up a Black Templar Grey Knights army, mm-hmm. uh, an allied force, probably about two thousand points. Yeah. when it's when it's said and done. Um, so right now I'm watching like a lot of Grey Knights. You don't really, you can't find a lot of Black Templar battle reports. No, well, there's not. I, don't, I feel like there's not a lot of people that play Black Templar anymore. Now some people that listen to this are like, ah, this guy's an idiot, but <laughs> you don't see a lot of them out there. That's true. Yeah, I don't. But it's really easy to find Grey Knight battle reports. So I've been watching yeah. a lot of Grey Knights. Um. So. Part of that research, going on forums, seeing how people build an army, maybe like, what's a basic army to start with? Mm-hmm. Like a small 100, 500 or 1,000. You know what? I'm, I really like the Games Workshop Battle Forces now. Like their box sets. Yeah. They're... Usually, I'll, I'll admit it too, that they throw in one or two units that don't sell very well on their own. Like I know yeah. with the um, 
with the Tau one, it comes with a Piranha, and not a lot of people run Piranhas. Although that just was uh, clutch. And well, the game, game that I played the other day yeah. was very clutch, yeah. But um, a lot of people don't run them, and I don't think the sales on the actual like individual Piranhas is very mm-hmm. good. Um, but yeah, but still, like, the Battle Force is usually a good value, mm-hmm. so definitely something to look at. That's how I've started multiple armies, mm-hmm. is with a Battle Force, even, like, way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, starter sets, so if you're doing Space Marines, the Dark Vengeance kit, mm-hmm. if you, I mean, they're Dark Angels models, but you can, like, uh, file off those and logos the crazy thing too is run them. If you buy that starter set, not only are you starting one army, technically you can start two armies yeah. if you don't get rid of the other one, right? Yeah, or you could split it with a friend yeah. or sell the other half. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, look at uh, look for good deals, essentially, I think. And this comes into budget. So plan out your initial purchase. Maybe adjust your list for doing that. Um, now... One thing, we touched on this a little earlier, but there can be hidden costs to starting a new army that you need to think about. So, um, you could go on eBay, find a good deal for, like, a battle force, pick up, like, a few used kits here and there, and Mm -hmm. get, like, a nice, cheap force. But now, you gotta buy the Codex. So, that's 60 bucks, right there. 60, 70 bucks Canadian. You gotta buy paint. Mm -hmm. When I first started my Blood Angels army, I dropped $50 on paint alone. Like, it's not... Well, everyone listening knows this is not a cheap hobby, but, like, if you're on a tight budget, you need to think about these things. Yeah. Um, there can be extras, so how are you going to transport the army? That's a buy? big thing, transportation. Like, I know right now the foam that I use to transport my Tau is built for Tau. Yeah. When I start Space Marines Army, my Space Marines won't fit in my Tau foam. Yeah. I'm going to have to find, either buy new, new foam, foam or find a new way to transport them. Yeah, like, like I'm, do, I'm uh, looking at new options for transporting, buying, mm-hmm. like, new foam and stuff, mm-hmm. so... Um, also, um, we mentioned this the other day when we were talking about this, um, you might need extra tokens and stuff like that. I'm not sure how many armies still use the extra tokens. We were talking in the old edition, Dark like Eldar. Dark Eldar, you have pain tokens. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this can be used. I mean, the easiest solution is just to buy, like, a box of dice. different colored dice. That's what I use for my Tau. Yeah, for your marker lights. For marker lights, wounds, all that stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. But, uh, sometimes dice get picked up or moved and mm-hmm. then you don't remember what they were set to. Yeah. Like... So having specialized tokens can be useful if you want individual specialized um, objective markers for your army. That's mm-hmm. a big thing. So I think you have to also read through the codex and figure out, okay, do I need anything like this on top of yeah. the purchases? Right? Yeah, exactly. For if for some reason you need like uh, apocalypse templates for a special unit. That's true, yeah. Like those aren't, that's an additional cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're starting up an army and you're getting apocalypse Templates right off the bat, I think you're making a big purchase. Yeah, but even in, like, a basic codex, there's, like, apocalyptic blast markers mm-hmm. for, like, certain psychic powers. Oh, I right think on. the Eldar, I might be wrong about this, but I think one of the Eldar Farseer powers yeah. is you can upgrade it to, like, Warp Charge 4 oh, with wow. a giant blast. Sick. So, yeah, you might need, like, a giant flamestorm template mm-hmm. right off the bat. Probably not, but... Just, these are, like, that's an extra 20 bucks that'd be going towards a tactical squad, right? Mm-hmm. So, something so, to think about. So, if you were to, if you were to start a brand new army, mm-hmm. right, um, what would, what would you say the first initial purchases you were to make is? If you had, let's say, 150 or $200 to start a new army, how would you, what purchases would you make to start that army? I would, uh, after doing all the research and stuff. Yeah. I uh, probably... You've made yourself a nice thousand point list. Okay. Just to start off, just to get some games in, right? But you're not yeah. going to have a thousand points yet. You just have your first 150 or 200 dollars. What off that list do you purchase first? Um, I would try and get a Battle Force. Yeah. 
um, an HQ unit if it didn't come in the battle force, mm -hmm. and then the codex. Right. Yeah, and maybe a few paints that I need. That in two hundred but in two hundred bucks that could be hard to get all those things. Mm -hmm. But if you can find like the codex used or something mm -hmm. for like half price. Well, I know that I bought the like I bought the Tal Battle Force. And I used one of the crisis suits that come in it because it came with three crisis suits. Yeah. I used that as a commander. Yeah. And I was able to run a 500 point force right off the bat yep. with that stuff. And it, it was for 500 point games, which are small, yeah. very, very small games. Um, but still fun just to get your. Actually, I about a year ago, I went through every starter set in Battle Force mm -hmm. they had and built a list of what was in them. Mm -hmm. And plus an HQ if necessary, yeah. and the list, all the lists, I've got up to like five hundred points, yeah. or yeah. in some cases like eight hundred. Yeah, so they are like excellent purchases. Yeah, but yeah. I think that one thing you have to be ready for when you start making your purchases after you've made this list is you have to be flexible. Even mm -hmm. though you've made that list, you might you've never played this army before, probably right on a regular basis. After a few games, you have to be willing to say, all right, maybe this isn't the direction that I need to go in. Yeah. I need to change this up a little bit. Yep. Even though I wanted to go this route, I'm not having as much fun doing this. So yeah. I have my list made of what I want to purchase. Okay, but I'm going to kind of scrap that and now yep. work with, yep. with this, which is what I'm doing with my Tau too. Yeah. Um, one other thing I want to say is look carefully at the models that have come in the starter set. Mm -hmm. So in the Dark Vengeance kit, on the Chaos side, the chosen champion, he's got like a big mace and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that model is perfect running as a dark apostle. Mm -hmm. Maybe with like a few tweaks. Mm -hmm. So that's an extra 100 points you can put in your list or mm -hmm. whatever, however much he costs. So, like, there, there are like models can be used for different things, even if it's just like painting him differently, mm -hmm. painting the model differently. So, look at um, just look at the type of stuff that comes in the kit comes in these kits and how they can be used. Yeah, for sure. Um why don't I mean when we used to play, we're gonna go back a little bit, when we used to play, you mm -hmm. only played Dark Eldar. And then when I came back into playing, uh you had now mainly switched over to Blood Angels. Yep. Why don't you talk a bit about how you started that new army? After playing Dark after playing Dark Eldar for Decades. Like eight years. Well, not decades. But like yeah. eight years before you had started a new army. You yeah. were mainly playing one army for eight years and then you started a new well, army. Well, I did have my Imperial Guard for a while. That's that true. You did have my Imperial Guard for a little while. Um, yeah. But when you decided to start this new army, which is now your main army pretty much. Um, yeah, it's 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 tied between the Dark Elder and the mm -hmm. Space Marines. So, I used to hate Space Marines. I like everyone played them. I was like, oh, Fuck their three up saves, goddamn power armor, terminators. It only fell on a two. What is that? <laughs> anyway, so, um, but eventually it came around to it. And Space Marines, if you include all the different chapters, have by far the largest model range. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to create a really personalized force. So I didn't initially want to go with Blood Angels. I wanted to um, find a chapter that I could put a lot of personality in. So I looked at all the different rules, like I considered Space Wolves, Dark Angels, all that stuff, and vanilla Space Marines, like which of these, which rule set encompasses what I wanted to do. And at some point I decided I wanted to do like a Praetorian theme, so like uh, Ancient Rome with the helmet crests and stuff like that. So, and I knew I wanted to have a lot of characters, mm -hmm. like convert up different characters and stuff. Um, and I also wanted to have a certain type of Death Star unit. Mm -hmm. 
So I was looking at, of all the different armies, I kind of settled on Blood Angels because the Sanguinary Guard really, I really liked the look of them and how I thought they would play on the table. So Which they, they still do, mm -hmm. but they get shot all the time. <laughs> um, so I went with Blood Angels, and the way I planned out that army to start was I found a good deal on Battle Force on eBay, the old Blood Angels Battle Force, mm -hmm. not the new one. And I picked up some of the Dark Vengeance squads, mm -hmm. like uh, the Dark Vengeance Tactical Squad and the Terminators and the, no, the Librarian was later. So the Terminators and the Tactical Squad. And then I picked up my HQ, which So is, you did all these purchases at once? Yeah, these were all at the, around the same time mm -hmm. when I started. So, and then I got my HQ, which is a Gabriel Seth, but with a jump pack. He's like, very simple conversion. Mm -hmm. So that, with the Codex and the paint, came out to about $300. Mm -hmm. And the and I kind of built the list from that initial per planned purchase. And mm -hmm. it came out to 1,500 points, which was nice. So I had a decent-sized force, um, built it up pretty quick, got so it on the three, table. So for 300 bucks for a 1,500-point force, that's pretty good then. Yeah, with, you know, all the paint, all the rules, everything. Mm -hmm. So problem is, that army sucked. <laughs> like... Shooty Terminators are not great. Uh, assault squads with just five guys doesn't get the job done. Mm -hmm. Like lots of stuff like that. Just it didn't work out very well. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up changing it, and over time I bought a bunch of draw pods. No, sorry, I traded all my IG tanks for like draw pods and assault marines. Mm -hmm. Ended up with three ten man assault squads. Nice. Uh, Death Company and draw pods. Some dreadnoughts and draw pod. Oh, and pretty early on, I picked up a Dreadnought, too. I, like, wanted to turn him in and use surprise money while mm -hmm. he used Dreadnought. So, yeah, but that was uh, that was how I started it. And they came up with the fluff. The army's got a huge history and backstory. And the goal right now is to build up a force that can represent any one of the comp 10 companies on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. So probably about 200 infantry and tanks will be the angle. Maybe not that. Maybe like 150. Mm -hmm. So I can represent like a first company force or like a battle company or mm -hmm. I'm not going to do like a scout company or a bike company mm -hmm. but like elements from that and have like a bunch of different tanks. So with all the characters right now it's looking it's sitting at about 6,600 but that's also including like um assassin allies and mm -hmm. a shadow sword that I picked up and like made all space marine mm -hmm. so yeah I'm really happy with the army they're called the storm guard they've got like a red and bone color scheme all the sergeants and veterans or most of them have a crested helmets mm -hmm. so the sanguinary guard look awesome they're like a lot I've gotten a lot of compliments on them and I'm not the best painter but like you kind of just if you follow like the sort of... The GW kind of scheme. Yeah, like I followed the GW scheme pretty... Like I went on to their website and like, okay, I want to do Blood Angels Red and then boom, what base colors do I need? What washes? What mm -hmm. highlights? And just follow that to a T, yeah. Yeah, and they look great. Yeah. It time Very time consuming, but like all that edge highlighting, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. So, uh, do you, which army do you want to talk about? Your, the one you're planning right now? Or do you want to talk yeah, about Yeah, no, I think about the one that I'm planning right now because, I mean... I, Talked enough about Tau, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, you yeah, exactly. fish. Um, so yeah, like I said before, I'm planning a Grey Knights and Black Templar army. So how I'm going about that is I've been looking through the Grey Knights army, um, probably about a thousand points each side. 
Um, maybe give or take, not not rough. I'm like I'm yeah. not making it strict, right? Yeah. But probably gonna. I think the way that I'm gonna rock it. I haven't built the list completely yet because I'm trying still trying to figure out what goes well together. Mm-hmm. Black time boys are gonna be bringing the heavy firepower. They're gonna be bringing the land runners, right? Uh, they're gonna be bringing the tanks. Um, Emperor's champion with probably a meat bomb kind of squad. Like is that, is that the official name? <laughs> meat bomb. <laughs> a maximum just body count. Crusader squad. Yeah. yeah. Um, just get like in there. Ten guys and five scouts. Yeah. Room for the champion. And exactly. Crusader. Yeah. Land Raider Crusader. You said. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, and then I want to get the what is it the Storm Talon? Is that what it's called? One of the, the, the Storm Ravens. Yeah, the one of the transport ships. One. Yeah, one of the yeah. ships. Yeah. Um, and then the Grey Knights squad, the Grey Knights army is going to have a librarian just to get some psychic in there. I want I want to have some psychic powers yeah, in my army. I, I know that feeling. I've never played a psychic army before, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then probably I think it's the Purifier squad. Um, I think which one? The one with flamers. The one with the two up save. Uh, I don't know Grey Knights, but two up saves generally the Terminators. Well, it's the Terminators, but they're still a troop choice. Yeah, the unit Terminators is troops. Yeah, and then uh, actual unit of Terminators with um, the Brotherhood Champion, I think his name is. Yep. I think it's awesome to have, like, the cha- like the Emperor's Champion and then, like, a Brotherhood Champion yeah. leading the armies together because mm-hmm. they're an allied force. Yeah. Um, yeah, I man, I think that's the way I'm going to go for it. It's the colors, not that many paints, I don't think. No, we'll just black. I always, I, I always, I always think that, and then I always end up putting like fifteen colors on a model. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's it's crazy. How so we'll see. I think I'm gonna start that probably November, like nice. November, as soon as I finish purchasing all the Tau stuff. I'll start working on that army. So right, oh, Christmas team time games with the power armor. There we go. <laughs> oh, that would be so much fun. <laughs> Blood Angels with the. Black Templar and Grey Knights. Yeah, that'd be sick too. Do you have yeah. a name or like a backstory? No, I haven't, I haven't worked on any of that stuff yet. I'm I just, still kind of like slowly looking at it all. Because I don't want I know that if I start looking at it too much, I'm going to go out and buy it. Yeah. And right now I just need to save my money for all the Tau stuff. Okay. Do you want me to tell you what I just came up with? Then? Yeah, sure. Okay, so <laughs> Black Templars are a fleet-based army that's yep. usually in Crusades. Yep. And generally when people... Not usually, there are. Okay, they are they're, like they're, they're, Yeah, they don't have companies, they have Crusades. Yeah. Um, However, when people field a mixed space marine force mm-hmm. with like different chapters, they call it a crusade list. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I got some salamanders, some imperial fists, some mm-hmm. crimson fists. This is my crusade army. Mm-hmm. So they can paint up like three different schemes and mm-hmm. stuff. So I think you should call your army the Crusade of Champions. Nice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be sick, yeah. yeah. Cool, but yeah, no, we'll uh, post some pictures up as I start working on all that. Yeah, we gotta post up pictures. I gotta paint some stuff so I have something to post online. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I think that's uh, pretty much sums it up for starting a new army. All right, we'll be right back with Beyond the Rim. So, uh, I mentioned before, Beyond the Rim is a title of Fantasy Flight Games Adventure for their role-playing game, Edge of the Empire. Beyond the Rim is quite good. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. I feel like I should say it. And obviously, you're a huge Edge of the Empire fan. Oh, yes. I'm going to devote a uh, episode or a segment of Beyond the Rim talking 
Edge of the Empire yeah, at some yeah. point. But hey, you play a lot of Edge of the Empire, and yeah, I lost our Wars role playing. I want to get into it too. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but you played a good game. Recently. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm right now. We've been talking about getting into Inquisitor, getting into X Wing, and I still am really into X Wing. I watch a lot of X Wing battle reports and keep up on the X Wing news and everything. Played a game this morning too. Yeah, we played a game today. But I just haven't really had the time to, or really, especially with all the Tau releases, I kind of delegated my money towards the yep. new Tau stuff instead of like upgrading my X-Wing Force. So I can't really go to a lot of tournament nights because I can't even put together like even a decent, I don't even think I can get to 100, 100 points yeah. right now without spending more money on X-Wing. Which for anyone who doesn't know, 100 is a tournament level for X-Wing. Yeah, it's just like their average game night. Like, like they're 1850, yeah. yeah. Um, so I haven't really been able to get out and play with the community yet, but um that's still there. I still want to, obviously. I just, mm-hmm. maybe November, yeah. December, I'll start spending more Tau release. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After I stop spending money on Tau, I'll get into that. But, um, kind of not tabletop wargaming, but I tabletop did play, gaming still it's still tabletop yeah. gaming. I yeah. played um, XCOM, the board game, uh, the other day with uh, two of my buddies. It is pretty much a four-player game, but you can, you people can, can mul- they yeah. can do multiple roles because there are four different roles yeah. and it's all like time, so it's an alien invasion board um, game board game and you yeah. kind of play as like the government like one guy plays as the military guy where he's able to like he has troops and he's able to lay them down in missions or defending the base uh, I played as the scientist research like the mm-hmm. you're like the research technician so okay. you can come up with like you're able to like roll dice to try and research certain technologies that you can give to the other players so you're assisting them by making dice rolls and yeah. figuring out what your team needs during this game because each game that you play is a different type of invasion so we played one where it was like lots of ships, but not a lot of ground troops attacking us. Right. So our forces were really spread thin across the across the world, mm-hmm. like uh, fighting across all the different continents. Right. The second game we played was a lot of ground troops, until and then not a lot of like spaceships attacking the Earth mm-hmm. until like the fifth turn when like everyone like we had like ten UFOs attack South America. Mm-hmm. So just all of a sudden it's like holy crap we gotta put our forces here and you're, all your actions are timed. Yeah. So it's like it's like. Uh, so as the science, as the research technician, you have like, like six cards in your hand and it's like, decide what you want to do for your first one. And it's like, you have 10 seconds. It's like, Oh, I want to do this one. Right. And you have to put it down and you have to decide how many scientists you want to try and like how many dice you want to roll at succeeding in it and all within like a certain amount of time. So it becomes like, so, and like the farther you get into the game, the shorter the time becomes. So you have to really like, Oh my God, maybe I don't make the best decision, but I made a decision. That's all that matters. Um, it's a really, really hectic game. Hard to play at the beginning because you're like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Right? Nice. So we played the first one, like, we played twice. The first game we played, we paused it, really started to figure out the rules. Yeah. Um, we still lost. It is a hard game. Even on easy, yeah. if it's your first time playing it, really, really hard. Yeah, just for a bit of context, I haven't played, but uh, my understanding is you have to actually download an app for your on phone, your phone yeah, to play. To play, yeah. And That's the, how intense it is. Yeah, and the app, like, kind of times you and tells you who to go next and everything. Um, yells at you. The second time we played, we played more with the time limits. Okay. Still yeah. a little loose, a little mm-hmm. loose, but not, uh, but we still, like, you have 10 seconds to do this, try and figure out what you gotta yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we ended up winning the second game. Nice. So, that was pretty fun. I can't wait to play it again, man. Yeah, I, you told me about this, or maybe it was someone else told me about it. Anyways, this game sounds fantastic. I really want to try it. Yeah. So. And I ended up, um, it was my birthday a few weeks ago. And uh, my buddy ended up getting me season three of Zombicide. Yeah. So I now have season one and season three. So I'm gonna start working on a campaign. Yeah. Uh, I Zombicide bought, campaign. Also bought season two right after. There you go. So we have all three. Yeah. Um, since 
people should probably know by now, you're in Windsor and I'm in Toronto. I'm considering, I'm considering organizing with you a campaign where, because Zombicide uh, Season 3, I don't know if they have it in Season 2, they have a competitive mode. I don't think so. Where there are the objective tokens on the map. Objective, objective tokens are worth five experience points or whatever, right? right? Um, the game finishes when the last objective token is taken off the map. And then I think how it's supposed to work is like your, it's your combined team's experience mm-hmm. with the objective tokens as well. But you're allowed to shoot at the other team and take their equipment that, that they have in the game as well. Oh, so the winner. So you're fighting the zombies and the other pe- and the other oh. team. So I think a really cool campaign would be a group of people doing a campaign in Windsor, yeah. a group of people doing a campaign in Toronto, and after we finish our campaigns, which are basically the exact same campaigns, but you're going to have different results yeah, yeah. of what weapons you carry through the campaign. Yeah. Then in a final game, playing a competitive game. You have this niche, you have this, I mean, you're already friends, obviously, playing a game, but you have this bond of characters and knowing what each player's role is, facing another team of people who have now had that connection playing yeah. the game and understand the characters playing in one game together against each other. I think that's pretty, I think that's an awesome idea. That's really, like, um, it draws me back to Walking Dead, for example. Yeah, like yeah. In the prison, and there's that other community, and they yeah. start fighting with them. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. I don't, I don't like the idea of, um, playing the competitive mode. Like, I like Zombicide because it's cooperative. Like, yeah. I think I would like XCOM because it's mm-hmm. cooperative. Yeah. Like, games like uh, Pandemic. Uh, that's the only other ones come to mind. I like cooperative board yeah, games, yeah. so. No, me too. I love cooperative board games. Yeah. Hey, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I did pick up the um, the thing we were just talking about, Zombicide Season 2. Yeah. You've been playing a lot more Zombicide than I have. I've played it a few times. We had a board games night in my house. So, yeah. Well, we had a board games night, and then one of my friends apparently um, should not have graduated high school because her grade 10 history is garbage. So there's like two hours educating her on what the Cold War was. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <laughs> so we, we started, like, it, this was a 20th century history lesson. He's like, yeah. oh, so, uh, you, know on the, you know on the Magna Carta? I said, yeah, it was like 1912. I was like, no. <laughs> like, hundreds of years <laughs> off. <laughs> Anyway, so we had a board game night. Um, oh, actually, speaking of other games, uh, for my birthday, my friend got me this board game called The Resistance. Cool. Which is this card game that's kind of like bluffing. Yeah. So you need minimum five people. That is people. the worst type of game for me. I hate bluffing games. I'm so bad at it. I have no poker face. So you know the game we were playing at uh, Snakes and Lattes? Yeah. While back with uh, the... Spy something. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like that. So, so bad at it. I'm you're, so bad. you're resistant. You're like a rebel cell. Yeah. Yeah, but two of you randomly selected to be, like, government spies. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to, like, pull off these operations and stuff. But in terms of the game mechanics, there's no narrative. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you go on a mission. But it doesn't, it's just, there's no way of describing what the mission is. So we, you know, all of us being huge... Well, some of us who are at the table being huge role players and nerds. Yeah. Like, we're narrating this. Yeah, yeah. You're the commander? What mission are we going on? Yeah, yeah. What detail? Who's doing what? It's like, yeah. what? That's cool, though. There's a yeah. fun game. Yeah, I like it. Well, we had, we were pretty in the bag by then. It was <laughs> um, to decide the leader, we went around the table and gave speeches. <laughs> yeah, that's real role playing. That's your edge of the empire. Oh yeah. yeah. So uh, my one friend was sitting out, and we decided that she would select who was the leader. Yeah. yeah. So then my buddy Vio just starts going on about like uh, the woman saying I was. Her name's Gina, and she was. He's like, yeah, we're going to install Gina as a benevolent dictator. Like, <laughs> so naturally, she chose Vi. Yeah, yeah, I went on this like impassioned <laughs> speech about brothers and sisters. We've bled together. Now. Right um, on. Anything yeah. else? 
Yeah, uh, I download. Okay, first I'll start by saying my um, PayPal account really needs a breathalyzer. <laughs> so I got home drunk from a wedding one night, and Elite Dangerous on Steam was on st- sale, and I've kind of had my eye on this for a while. But um, what game is it? Elite Dangerous. Okay. So I bought it, and it's um, you've played Eve. I, yep. So it's. I mean, I don't know if you, the listener, have. It's, Eve is a uh, science fiction MMO where you fly around in a spaceship uh, and do things. doing basically almost whatever you want. So Elite Dangerous is very similar to that, mm-hmm. except where Eve is like drop-down menus and point-and-click. Elite Dangerous, you actually like use a joystick to fly the ship. And you, have right, to, yeah. like, you don't just like yeah. click. It's a first-person actual flyer. Yeah, it's more as like opposed a, to a third-person. It's a simulator. The flight simulator. Yeah, it's a flight simulator. Is it? It's still an MMO. Uh, yeah, you you can play it single player, but you the real fun is in the open galaxy. Yeah, right. And Scott, the more I play, the more depth I find out. At first, I'm just like, okay, what else do I do? But now mm-hmm. I'm learning about the different human factions fighting for control. And the thing about Elite Dangerous is they have built a scale replica of the Milky Way. Sick. Yeah, and the human like portion of it with those like three major factions, all these minor factions, mm-hmm. is it? tiny part of it sick so, um have you seen previews for no man's sky a little bit yeah my roommate you have yeah yeah where you're able to like kind of like travel to new air like how does the transportation uh system work in okay so there's multiple modes of flight mm-hmm. so there's like fast for moving it's regular for like dog fighting fast yeah. for moving within a system then like uh faster and light sort of like jump to another system yeah kind of like how many systems would you say are in the game because oh. Eve has like hundreds, man. Like there are so many systems in Eve that you uh, can travel to. Like millions or billions. Oh yeah, so it's like, like it's the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Right. billions of stars. I mean, some of those stars might just have a single star, and others might have like six planets. Now, do you know form. how the game is set up? Like, is it already is it already like predetermined where like they already have it planted out where all these systems are, or is it like No Man's Sky where it's that Minecraft um, where it generation? generates it? Um, I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. I they. There's no way they could have painted the galaxy. So yeah, like, there's some, some sort of random. random. Yeah. I don't know if it's all been inputted or if they're going to go and change things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's made it. Like, have the, you been to systems that like nobody's been to before? That nobody. I personally been haven't. No, because okay, yeah. I've just stayed in the human empire mm-hmm. area thing. So, but yeah, I just found out just how big the or how small I should say the human area Areas, is. So yeah. there, like, there could be alien races out there in the galaxy. That's like of my, the game. I'd really like to play that game. <laughs> yeah, if you get a computer, you should definitely play it. Yeah. It's, it's like Eve, but it's, like, instead of just point and click, it's dog fighting. Yeah, yeah. But there's also, like, you know, trade, mining. Yeah. yeah right now, I'm doing a lot of smuggling. So, Sweet. yeah, quick ship, low cargo, like, small cargo, but high value, so. Cool. Yeah, um, I think that's about it. That's been neat. That's why my hobby progress this episode. Because yeah. <laughs> we're playing so much Elite Dangerous. Right on. Well, you have new goals now, so. Yeah, yeah, stringent <laughs> goals. There you go. Cool, man. All right. I think that's it, though. Yeah, all right. We'll be back after this break and close out the show. now big number three that's pretty cool man three episodes already yeah and uh 
so we're looking at every two weeks we're going to release this. That's the plan, hopefully. Yeah, we're not sure what the next show topic is, but we'll um, let you know on Facebook as soon as we do. Yeah, man, check out the Facebook page, uh, Wrong Side of the Millstrom. Yeah, facebook.com slash wrong side. Yeah, we're going to start getting more pictures up there as we yep. get farther in the, into the podcast. Also want to give a shout out and a thanks to uh, all the gaming stores in our areas, you know, Dueling Grounds, uh, uh, Young Brim, and Lawrence at yeah. Games Workshop. Yeah, Brimstone Games in uh, Windsor. Mm-hmm. Meeple Mart in Toronto. Yeah, great store. Uh, Their gaming area is down right now, but can't wait for it to get back oh, up. Oh, yeah, they got to get on that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check out our Facebook page. If you need to contact us directly, uh, wrong side of the maelstrom, all one word, at gmail.com is our email. And I'm going to be starting up um, our, it's maybe not a website, but our blog is going to be on itoysoldiers.com. Cool. So my buddy runs that site. It's like social media for war gamers. It's great. Yeah, it's a cool website. So I set up the profile. I haven't posted anything yet, though, so I'm going to work on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, iToy Soldiers has uh, the forums up there, and mainly it's just uh, my gaming group using them, but if your gaming group needs forums, it's a great site to uh, post up stuff and get connected with the community, not just in Windsor, but, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, people use it all over the world. Yeah. It's not just um, local to us. Sweet, man. So yeah, check it out. I think that's all our um, all our Facebook and social media. And I think so, man. Well, yeah. thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, um, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you like. Yep. Uh, I'm Jason. And I'm Ian. And we'll see you on the wrong side of the mailstrom. Peace.